Howdy gang, back at Country and Barbells, Joe Shamanic, Jeremy Day, uh, doing what we can to live, train, and hunt. Did I say that backwards? Uh, train, hunt, and live our best <laughs> lives possible. Um, hopefully somewhere along the way, there's a tidbit that can help you train, hunt, and live your best life possible. Jeremy, what's up, man? No, nothing, bro. Just, uh, you know... Hanging out here at the house at six o'clock in the morning, and my wife is gone for the, uh, which is usually the opposite, right? I'm usually gone, and yeah, yeah, she yeah. stays at home. So I've been doing the the father deal, <laughs> and um, it's been good. Hopefully, the kids don't rat me out for eating too much ice cream yeah, and that's eating right. unhealthy foods. Are you are you ice cream for breakfast, Dad? What's up, man? Um, so, but interestingly enough, I'm I'm solo dad in it too. Um, Eliza's in Denver right now teaching at a um, physical therapy con- uh, conference, so she's going, she's going, uh, she's doing a Tuesday to Saturday stint. And um, you know, people ask me how we get by when that happens. I'm like, dude, we get by fine. You should talk to the kids though, because when Mama's gone, Daddy tightens the screws up. Uh, oh, do you? Oh, buddy. <laughs> you know, here's the thing about when. When mommy's gone, you know, things are just, there's a little bit more magic in here. If I can put that right, like mommy will leave like, you know, a little, little thing, little note for the kids, a little, I love you here, a little this, a little that, you know, daddy's like, we got a schedule, get out the door, eat your dinner, you know, chicken and rice, let's go. So, yeah, uh, that's, (laughs) so, you know, I'm, I'm a little more, uh, I kind of do that way too, except for there's one thing I do splurge. I usually... Like if Michelle's gone for three days or something like that, there's one night where I'll go, okay, let's do yes. um, like a panda buffet or something. They just, they yeah. love that for some reason. So we'll do that. And I kind of did that too when I used to take them uh, scouting with me because I'd take them uh, turkey scouting with me and I'd spoil the heck out of them. And I think we've talked about that before. And Let them so pick a always, treat. Yeah, they go, yeah, and then you know they'll bring it up now. Even my son at twenty two goes, "Remember when we'd go hunting or, or yeah. scouting, and you would get us cookies and milk?" That's right. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, that one good treat." I'm, I'm similar. So even I'm being like, for example, they the kids aren't supposed to touch the remotes because they keep losing them. So it went it went missing <laughs> the other day. So I said, "Fine, this is what we're gonna do. We're not following the rules. The TV's off until it's found." So the TV's been off for three days. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but they'll earn it back, and I think they'll feel good about it. And also, too, like, I'll do what you do. Rather than, like, you know, leave them the little thing and do whatever and these little tidbits, like, I'll save it. So my plan is for Valentine's Day, because the kids have off from school, I'm going to surprise them, and, you know, we'll do a breakfast and a, an early movie. So, you know, I, Daddy, as a daddy, you know, I'm not I'm not hitting for average. Daddy swings for the fences. I guess that's how I do it. So, <laughs> but um, hey, I, I know you don't have a ton to talk about this, but I know that I, I do want to bring this up. You went down to Portland and got to rub elbows with some guys that we have interviewed and some guys that we want to touch base with, or guys that, for any lack of any other word, we'd like to kill as big a bulls as they do. Um, just, just speak real quick, because I know you weren't there for a long time, but. I keep seeing shots of these um, hunting expos, and they just look mobbed. And what I'm trying to wrap my head around is when we're in the woods, we're seeing lots of guys. When I see these social media pictures and I'm seeing these expos mobbed and I'm seeing all this content coming out about hunting, but then I hear the demographics saying that hunting is less and less people are doing it. Like something's just not adding up. So uh, just your general thoughts on like what maybe that – 
uh, Northwestern Expo said about just the status of hunters and hunting to you? Well, you know, um, I think it's on a rise personally. Um, the, the Portland show is a, the, probably the largest in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is booth after booth after booth. But here's the deal. I arrive 30 minutes early. Okay. Okay. I stand in line. <laughs> I'm in my truck and I'm driving and the line is like, I'm, I'm not joking, dude. It was like three miles long to take the left turn. So I said, skip this. I went to the right lane. I went down, looped around, got in the back door, saved myself about 30 minutes of sitting in a line. And then I get in and then I walk up and the gates don't open till 11. So in my thought, in my mind, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's Friday, 11 o'clock. There ain't going to be nobody here. So I could get some uh, one-on-one time with um, some guys and, so I get over there, and dude, this line is like a quarter of a mile long to just get in the door. So I'm standing there, and then I'm like, I'm sweating it, right? Because I have to get home because I have a hot date with my wife. So I, nice. I only have an hour and a half <laughs> to go see these four guys that I want to see. So I'm like, this is crazy. And then the masses just kept coming in and coming in. And by the time the gates opened, there was just as many people behind me as there were in front of me. And then as I cut around the corner, I look over and there's a whole nother gate system um, in another building that had the same amount of people. Crazy. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> I am not going to get any time with these guys. So I get into the – so the floodgates open. We all finally get in. It, it, I got there. I stood in line for 20 minutes. No, 30 minutes. I got in at 11 – 20 and i beelined over to the the bro booth and um it was shoulder to shoulder i mean it was it was unbelievable and then i get to the bro booth you know um the born and raised guys and they're there's they have like eight people manning that booth and every one of them had two or three people they were talking to believe it so i mean it it was crazy and it was same thing with the Hushin guys, the EXO guys, and the um, Phelps, they were just jam-packed. And the reason why I wanted to see them is, um, you know, I tried to, I wanted to get them some socks to try out some Ellsworth socks because um, we're going to be hopefully doing a hard launch here in June and for on the hunting side. So I wanted to just kind of one-on-one, and I thought this would be a perfect time. Well, it wasn't as perfect as I thought. It all worked <laughs> out. But, I, dude, by looking at it, the numbers aren't going down. I think they're going up. So yeah, it's 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 interesting to hear that, but it's cool. I mean, you know, it's cool. I think then I think the next step is within that community to just band up and make sure you know we're all we're all on the same page with some things. But uh, I think it's cool, man. I think it's I think it's a fun time. I think those expos are neat. And I know you were traveling around and trying to bounce to see guys. Did anything catch your eye that might be new or cool or interesting? As you were kind of sprinting through there, I mean, bumping elbows and playing bumper cars with the masses. No, the one thing I thought was pretty interesting is how many new optical companies companies are, you know, for um, mm. binos and scopes. And it's just yeah. like there's a lot of new companies out there. And I wish I had time to go around and, you know, shake hands and talk to people about um, the optics. But um, those trade shows, a lot of them or guides that's yep. where they do most of their bookings and then um just kind of 
you know, and then you get some people that are just selling some of the, just the wildest, wackiest stuff. It's like, man, you're thinking outside the box because you're in the wrong area. Well, some, mean, something <laughs> obviously caught your eye, something caught your eyes to say that. Was there something that seemed out of place? No, it's just, so, you know, I, I work a lot of booths doing, being in the industry that I'm in. Sure. And we just try to keep it simple. And when you go to these guys and they're just 3,000 different items, I mean, it's just so busy. You're like, it always catches my eye because there's so much stuff. Yeah, I'd imagine. But, I'd imagine even setting that booth up has got to be tough. I mean, from your point of view, setting those up, is it is it better to bring the whole the whole roster of goods you're trying to put down, or is it better to maybe focus on the new thing or the one thing or like if you have the new situation you're trying to put out? No, that's a great question. So typically in the the, the lubrication world for the, the auto, um, that's right. This we is auto auto lubes. Uh, the auto industry guys so um so in our world typically what we'll do is you know we'll have one or two new items that come out per year so we'll have those for display and then we'll have our typical um our our biggest sellers are so our pm35 pumps and then uh hose reels and um diaphragm pumps and then our fluid management system that's typically what we always have so well, we try to keep it simple and not too much because if you have too much, then you have to talk about a lot and yeah. um, you got people coming in and you need to try to talk to everybody. So you uh, it's it's mainly to get them in the booth, get a conversation going, get a card, uh, build a, you know, a real quick um repertoire with them or what have you whatever you want to say and then um do if and then follow up with them and then really get them the catalogs and stuff like that very cool yeah well maybe you know next year next year you know hopefully you're at one of these booths with a pile of pile of goods behind yourself we'll work that out but um doing, doing yeah some, neck neck deep in socks huh? yeah, that's right doing podcasting <laughs> with some of these guys so you know goals goals yeah. for the next year we'll work that out but that's no, cool i mean and it's neat to to chat, I'm sure, and, and touch base with the guys that that you know we've touched base with on this show. So we'll fire it up, dude. Um, well, what people don't realize too, and not, not to, to cut you off know, there, go. but when you're in there running a booth, it is an all day and exhausting oh, yeah. deal, man. I mean, it's like our booths. We usually go from eight until four, and then you're just constantly talking to people, so it's con- constant stimuli. And then you have to entertain at night, and then you just you have to do it day after day. So I feel bad for all these, a lot of these guys like Hushin, born and raised, Exo, Phelps. All of them have they were at the Portland Expo for four days. They break all that down, and then they're over at the um, the uh, the Western Hunting Conference over in Utah, and then they have to do it all over again. So it's like nine, ten days of pure just madness yeah and i bet you that's probably even an underestimate on your part i mean when you look at this this schedule they're going pretty hard i mean oh yeah for sure and they're doing it so um well but you know what man you got to put it in right i mean this is the thing that you know everybody sees the big bull on youtube right and and people forget that not only are they doing all this trade stuff to build that and to give themselves the opportunity to do that full time but you know they've been going at this for i mean the the bro story has been going on for what 10 years 
Yeah, 10. Yeah, I think yeah. they're working on 11 now. Yeah, so I think that's what they did this year with their whole YouTube series was cutting back to some of the early footage. So, um, it's, you know, people fail to see... People fail to see the hard work that really got there. You know, there are no real overnight successes, right? It only took them 11 years to do it. So, um, exactly. So, but which but, is anything. I mean, you have to put in, in which this will lead into our kind of a topic today, but you have to be persistent and keep hammering at it, right? Yep. Well, in and order to, to that, finally succeed. Well, no, that's why I wanted to bring up the, today's topic. And if you guys want to, um, Cruise over to to my Instagram at underscore coach Joe, and you'll see um you'll see a, a funny video, an interesting video, I think an inspirational video of my daughter. Um, I'm sitting here watching her at gymnastics practice. Um, and for one, uh, I was there for like a long time <laughs> watching, so I got to see this. Which and I was, you know, and that's the other thing. You know, I'm, I'm looking to my left and right, and you know, there's probably 50 parents just missing moments like this because they're they're their heads are down and you know I'm as guilty as anybody I'll take a book to read and I'm cruising the gram too but you know I, I I poke my head up and I'm watching Charlie trying to do a cartwheel on the high beam and she misses and I was curious so I watched again and she misses she's for like five minutes trying to do a cartwheel on this beam and I'm like she's gonna have to get one so I start filming and literally like another five minutes go by and she keeps missing but she keeps jumping up and she keeps missing she falls off sometimes she falls down like and I'm like I'm like this is why I love Chuck she is a persistent SOB and um you know and Chuck is her coach no, Chuck's my daughter. That's Charlie. Oh, oh I didn't, I've never heard you call her that. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I, I call her. No, so that's the Chuck right there. People okay. don't get to see the Chuck. Chuck, Chuck. Charlie is my sweet daughter. The Chuck is a maniac, a stubborn, willful, <laughs> uh, steal your lunch, lie to your face whatever it takes to get the w type person like and i'm already seeing this in her and this is an example of it like and it, to be honest just like i said it's it's in her young years already it's gone for better and it's gone for worse and it's gone for great like you see in this video but she's just getting after it you know and then even in the clip that i post you guys can check out the second half where i speed it up and trim a few but um her coach kind of even spots her but then she still fails and she still gets up and then eventually you know, she nails two in a row, and the I don't know, you know, and I feel bad saying this, but I don't know if I've ever seen her full of so much joy to so just watch her persistently fail and get after it and then hit it. I was like, the, my, my instant thought was, what the hell are we doing to our kids by nerfing their world? I was like, yeah, it's uncomfortable to watch them fail. It sucks, but dang it, we're stealing from them. And for her to get that moment was just awesome. And I thought it just encapsulates a, a lot of how I feel as a coach, as a parent, and even for just sticking with this hunting thing, you know, being, you know, going on now, training into my third full season, still with that failure, but still uh, I'm obsessed with it, right? And it was cool to see that in a little kid. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you don't see it anymore. Like you said, so many parents nerf their kids and they're like, once things get tough, they're like, they'll move to a whole different, okay, we, we don't have to do this anymore. Let's go um, play <laughs> yeah. soccer. Oh, yeah. and then, then there's a failure. Okay, we're not going to play soccer anymore. Let's, we're going to find what you're really good at. Yeah. They don't allow the kid to, 
fail to succeed, right? Because yeah. that's what you have to do. I mean, we as adults know it, and that's what's ironic is that the parents are what they're teaching their kids. I mean, there's there's things going around at our school right now where <clears throat> there's always something, right? Excuse me. <clears throat> there's always something going on somewhere, right? Drama. But anyway, so something goes down, and now a lot of the parents want to leave the school. It's like, well, that's the last thing you want to do. Oh, yeah. You want to rally together and conquer. I agree. Because if you don't, it crumbles. The system fails. Yeah, there's there, and it's, you know, it's almost even take this into hunting. It's like, you know, sometimes, you know, is it really better over the next ridge and this and that? And, you know, sometimes you need to just sit down and be consistent and patient. And I know that's a really hard thing to do when it involves your kids, but, you know, I, I see the same things. And, you know, I saw a little bit of that at St. at, you know, I saw a little bit of that at, um, at a past school I worked at. And then, you know, even here in public school and, being involved in my kids' use things. You know, you see parents carrying gym bags. You see, you know, the second a little bit of bullying comes into play, the parents storm into the school and want to fix everything. And you switch in teams, find a new AAU coach, you know, get a trainer, um, a crazy doctor's note that's going to pull a kid out from doing anything active. And it's just like, man, there's... And then, then you're surprised when they're 18, 19, 20, and they still want to stay at home. And then they don't have a lot of ambition. You've taken it from them, right? So, um, well, yeah, I think the world's after them. They all yeah. of a sudden you just turn this innocent child into someone that thinks they're a victim of society. And now that they have this victim in mentality, it's a negative downward spiral. And like you said, these kids are staying home until they're thirty. Uh, yeah, pretty good. I mean, and it's, and it's really interesting from my standpoint to even hear middle schoolers discuss this. I mean, you have this light bulb go on, you know, and you, and it takes a long time to have the conversation with them. Like, okay, you want these things. So how are you going to get them? I got to, what I got to do this. And then you come to find out that they, that some of them start to have this feeling that, yeah, they need to get some things done and accomplish some things. But man, it's, 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 it's brutal in that sense um, to watch just that opportunity. But, you know, I don't know. So for if, if you could, if you could, let, let's stick on your situation a little bit where you, you guys are at, at your school and you're seeing this in kind of like a mass form. Uh, if, if, you could, if you could wave the magic wand and put an action into place that would helpfully um, get and right the ship for some parents who are having a hard time allowing kind of failure to set in and kids overcome it. Do you think there's one thing that could help sort that out or one thing that a piece of advice or an action a parent could take to, to dose this appropriately so you could begin to feel it or get the kid in that direction? Well, the only, the one statement I could say is just um, follow through with your commitment. Mm, Do what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you're going to do. You enrolled your, child for this okay we'll use this school thing as an example yeah you enrolled your child in this school and he's that's the commitment right that's one of the commitments now your child has developed a friendship with all these other kids so now you have kind of this other commitment because now you're you're developing lack of better terms a community that's the next generation so 
when you yank the kid out of there, what do you say to the kid and what do you say to all the other kids? Right? Yeah. You're 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 kind of breaking that all apart and creating this inconsistency and then if you do that enough, the child that gets pulled out of the school eventually like you said ends up staying home they have no drive they know because every time that they get secure with something they get pulled away from it Mm. yeah and so i think you just you follow through with your commitment you enroll your school unless there's something you 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 have to move to another district or whatever but you enroll your child and and you push through it you finish the season right because yeah you, you finish the season because it's not fair to a the player and b the team right that's right no because a team only stays strong if they're always together i mean you look at the nfl and every year i mean it used to be where a team would be phenomenal for years on years because the guys would stay committed they'd stay on the same thing and you could you really see it in basketball and they always want to be on a winning team so they jump over to the what they think is going to be the winning team the next year and they don't win but there's always there's never a consistency anymore because all these great players are always jumping around, mm. and then there's issues that come with that, right? Because then now they're not in the spotlight, or they're not, you know, it, 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 it's crazy what it does psychologically to you growing up if you're jumping around and around, and and it's I guess what is the end goal? What is the end result? What it, what are you looking to do in the end? Of, at the end days, right? Yeah, keep the big picture in mind before you start moving kids and doing some stuff because, and you know, consistency and that willpower muscle and in that, in that, um, that you know, those are muscles you have to flex too. Like you don't instantly just get consistent with something. Like you have to stick with it. That and that idea that you brought up, just kind of starting simple with following through on the things you say you're going to do. I think there's an interesting quote. Like if you want to surprise people, just do the things you say you're going to do. Um, and, and I think that's a great place to start. Um, and it makes a ton of sense. Uh, and, and it's, and it's easy. So even if you, all you have to do is not be a liar, I guess. <laughs> I mean, well, exactly. Or, <laughs> or bail out when things get yeah. tough because things are always going to get tough. That's how we're, we're designed to, to, um, to fail because that's how we learn. I mean, and just like at the beginning of the podcast with the born and raised guys, 11 years into it. Now they're this phenomenon, but nobody heard about them until three years ago. You know, people did, but you know, that's when their popularity really started skyrocketing. And, um, I forgot where I was going with it, but, um, you have to fail. I mean, those out of those, maybe eight of those years, they were, they were doing the trial and error, what works best. And then when time finally was right, the industry opened up for them. And then now they became popular and they, they were, now they're able to do what they love to do Well, yeah, because and, of the failure and time that they put into it. And I would point to a resource that the, the wife and I talk a lot about, and it's a cool book um, by a lady named Angela Duckworth. It's called Grit, um, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. And she... Uh, you know, she was a West Point grad, and that's how we first got turned on to the book. Someone was passing around in her PT class, and um, and that's what it kind of talks about. Like the recipe that you really need to develop is in your kid isn't talent; 
and you can see i think that's ultimately what a lot of folks are doing they're they're trying to put their kid in the best position with the best coach and the best team so they can like develop talent and kind of uh you know hone skills and craft their talent well um what this young lady goes on to say that what she's noticed in her study of excellence is that it's not really talent as much as it's as soon as you can you kind of pair persistent work ethic with like real passion for something and again i think going back to this video of my daughter and, and even my own hunting exploits like when you really give a rip about something you stick to it and you um you do what it takes to get there. So I think at the end of the day, I think maybe maybe what you just said, Jeremy, also makes sense. But I might add the layer to it where eventually you have to sit down with your kiddo and have a real conversation about what you want to accomplish. You know what I mean? And, and tying, it, tying it to some big dream so you keep that big idea in mind and then going in there and start to do the things that you say you're going to do. But ultimately the goal you know, has to be to, you know, set your kids up to develop a real passion for something. And then I think as parents, we just have to be like, like, you know, persistently pushing them to it. Like, I don't let Charlie miss practice. You know, I don't let the kids yeah. miss things. Like, we're going to do this. You decided, you know what I mean? So, and and to take that another step, like you as a parent probably have to be part of that. I, I watch parents fall out and of this gymnastics thing because it gets really hard on the parent too. Like we have to, it's a financial investment. It's a time commitment because they want volunteers. Then all of a sudden you're traveling because you got to get to meet. And then the practices are long and you don't always want to leave your kid there and you want to see him. So you have to pick your head up and watch. So it's like, and ultimately you do have to pay attention. So it's not just the kiddos who have to be persistent in some of these endeavors as well. And to be perfectly honest, I think, I think kids also see that. Um, if their parents are kind of paying attention or if their parents are persistently pursuing things. Um, so, um, you know, do the things you say you're going to do. And, and the last thing I'll add is let your kids see you do stuff that you say you're going to do because they'll, they're paying attention. So if they, if you say, I'm going to wake up in the morning and work out, well, if you're not, they're going to see that, oh, it's okay to say things and not do them. Right. And, and I, you make a strong point, having the conversation with your child. Because yeah. as a coach, we have to have conversations with those people's childs and our own childs as well, right? Because, I mean, I had a kid come up to me this year and he's tears in his eyes and, I, and I'm like, what's, what's going on, brother? And he goes, you're just pushing me way too hard. And I was like, no, I, I won't ever push you beyond what I'm, I don't think you're capable of. I'm going to push you up to that point and then I'm going to pull back a little bit because – that's how you're going to grow as a, as a child, and that's how you're going to grow as a team member and just become a better basketball player. I'm, I don't want to see you sit here and see you cry, but I also don't want to see you quit. Yeah. No. And I think as a parent, you have to have that conversation too. And if you don't pull your head up and you're not watching what your child's doing, then you're clueless. Yeah, that actually brings up a funny – that's a really good point in that conversation because it's like you're going to – you know, I I have a dilemma that I've noticed coming back into full-time teaching the last five years is that, you know, when I was first into it in, you know, the early 2000s, <laughs> imagine that, you know, so I'm a spring chicken here, but, you know, and even when I was a kid, like when you got in trouble or something bad happened at school and the teacher said you did something, the people always took the parents' word for it. 
um, for better or worse, and most of the time because right. kids are liars. And they, you know, <laughs> I've caught my kid's hand in the cookie jar. Mason, get your hands in the cookie jar. You know what he says to me? He goes, uh, I'm just counting them. Okay, bro. <laughs> yeah, they, okay. it's amazing what yeah. they come up with, so dude. Whatever. But but kids do that. and but yeah. you, But coming back into it a second time, parents don't believe the teacher. It's like I'm developing a conspiracy against your kid. No, I caught him with his hand in the kid's locker, and I'm going to assume he was trying to take something. It's just what happened. And I, I wonder, too, if the fact that parents aren't paying attention, but they know their kids – and then their kids say something, they're instantly just going to believe them because they are clueless. Does, does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. When you're not, when you don't have your eyes on them and then they do something, it, parent, most parents don't think they're, they're, they're here backing up. Most parents <laughs> think their kids are the angels of the world. Sure. And, and I, you make a strong point, and, and, and I think that's the, the pivotal reason is because the parents aren't paying attention to their kids. Yeah. Even it, it drives me crazy, Joe, when I'm at a basketball game and with the kids, and the kids do something phenomenal. They make their first basket, and then I look up, and the kid looks up over at the parents, and the parents are just, you know. Brutal. Checking Facebook or whatever Brutal. they're doing. You know, they're not watching their kid. What does that do for the psyche of that kid? Uh, I, I mean, I mean, it's got to, I don't know. I don't know. But I bet you damn well that the parent believes that their son just made the basket. They're, oh, yeah, yeah. But if they make a, a mistake at school or something like that, they're so, I think, I think it's a defensive mechanism because they know that they're ignoring their child. And so then... Therefore, they're going to fight for their child, and because it reflects their, the parents' teaching, maybe of that child. I remember uh, having a conversation with a couple moms, and you know, you get into a great fest. This is happening. This is happening, and I didn't like where it was going, and we were all piling on, and you know, getting part of the pity party. And eventually, I was just like, ah, we got, I got to change this. So I said, you know what, man? To be honest, listening to all this that we're all talking about, their kids, and and. I think we just need to all realize that what they're doing is a reflection of what they see in us. Absolutely. It it is what it is. And, you know, I think if you look at it in that mind, you know, then maybe you guys got to go home and and everybody needs to just work on themselves before they can go fix other people's kiddos and and do some things. And, you know, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. And I think it's an important one because these are going to be the folks uh, running the show here and not too long and, and we want them to succeed and be happy but man i just i see it as a i see it as getting worse before it gets better especially like in this current like climate of crazy social media and, and people throwing tissy fits over you know first world problems that really aren't problems so um well in politics and yeah, everything else it all, i mean it, it it snowballs into some really weird places um but uh my wife and I were having a conversation one day. We've had this conversation I don't know how many times, but it's like everybody's bitching and complaining about how things are and everybody else. And like you said, they need to they need to learn to fix themselves. But then they talk about how um, these neighborhoods we need to clean them up and we need to, um, you know, 
help maybe these encampments right these tent encampments that are going up everywhere for the homeless everybody's like well we need to do this for them and we need to do that for them and then you look at them and then and i always ask them the question i always ask so what are you doing for them yeah i mean i mean you're complaining about it so what are you doing to fix it and 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 they're like well nothing it's 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 our state or it's a they should be stepping in and we no you start us as individuals yeah. have to step up and come together as a community and help everybody. You can't sit there and complain on the sidelines and be a sideline coach. Cause that's way too easy. You have to get in the trenches and dive into it. Yeah. And, and I've said the quote here on this show, you know, complaining's not a success strategy. It's just not going to happen. And, and, and to stay on this topic about kids, like, and people in general and even hunting or, or whatnot, like the, the key with it is, is, you know, maybe the best thing you can do for a struggling kiddo or, you know, a hunting buddy who's just about to turn it in because they can't notch a tag, like, just remind them of their goal. You know, hey, you remember that conversation we had a year ago where you said, like, you know, this is what you wanted? You know, we need to find that guy again. And you need to maybe go sort out what you need to do to get there or reassess your goal. You know what I mean? But, um, that's, uh, that's probably the best thing we can do. I mean, because you're not gonna, you're whether it's like a, whether it's a aggravated athlete who's not making the gains they want or someone who can't, you know, get up the mountain or a little kid that, you know, can't seem to do a cartwheel on a beam. Like, you just need to remember why they want to do it and, and force them to keep practicing. Cause that's the other point that they make in this book, uh, grit, which is really cool that again, it's, it's not, it's not talent. That's the determining factor. It's again, that persistent passion and setting a goal and just sticking to it. And sometimes I would say that this step there might be not to change your goal, which you'll see, whether you switch schools, you know, go to hunt in a different state, but maybe just uh, changing it a little bit. Excuse me, not change it, but just, like, refine it. You know, maybe you need another micro goal in between your goal and that. You know, if Charlie can't get her back handspring, well, then let's go back to a cartwheel and try a different move that leads to it. Get a different progression going. So, again, going back to the other thing, like, it's just got to be a paying attention thing. Are you really paying attention to what you want? And um, if there's anything that I think... You know, technology is great, and this automation that we're approaching is really fun, and our lives have gotten really easy. But this idea of just not paying attention and just, you know, filling our brains with uh, static noise from thousands of miles away with likes and tweets and comments, I think it's really uh, inhibiting our ability to just pay attention to what really matters and, and even stuff that really matters to us. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> and, um, oh gosh, man, I just had something good, but you know, you have all this static noise coming at you yeah. and it interrupts your focus. That's exactly right. And it's like the devil getting inside your head and telling you, Hey, you, you know, go eat the cookies. And then you're like, no, I'm not eating the cookies for a month because I made a commitment that I'm not going to eat them for the month of February. Well, no, go eat a cookie. It's fine. Yeah. You know, and it's a distraction that gets inside your head. And then, um, it, then you have that lack of focus. And I think that's part of it. We're just not disciplined anymore because, as, well, we're not disciplined, disciplined as much because we don't execute discipline as much because we have a lot of distractions. So you need 
you know, amidst all that distraction, then I guess, you know, wor- working this problem backwards, you you also need that constant reminder of the conversation and goals that you've set so you can mm-hmm. be persistent in that. So, you know, in my classroom, you know, I get the Rocky Mountain Elk calendar and I always cut the calendars up and I post pictures of elk all over my classroom. <laughs> I, <Nice. laughs> keep, I keep my hunting gear in my garage where I train. Like all the hunting stuff's around me as a constant reminder. You know what I mean? And, you know, and that's where, you know, even in my posts that I made, like I make this other little kind of cheeky comment that no trophies were earned on this practice day, you know, for Charlie. Like she didn't. I didn't give her a trophy. I showed her the video. I patted her on the back and I said, okay. Now you got to do it in a meet, right? If you want to get a ribbon. So, um, you know, you still need to, we, we, but where I think those trophies do come into play when you do earn something or a little trinket or a note from mom is that is a constant reminder. So aside from setting the goal in the conversation, you need to come up with ways to remind yourself. And, you know, the simplest way is just to write it down, take a picture, you know, you know, do you sit down and, and write a story about it, you know, and reflect on actually what you want? I mean, putting pen to paper is a lot different. And I think, you know, even at worst using social media or the phones, if you're so phone addicted, pull out your notes app and write something down or, you know, set a reminder in your phone that goes off every day remember why you're doing this and and that might be helpful absolutely and it's same thing with your kid remember why you had a, a child yeah and then you know and then teach them how to set up you know well, set a goal well, to, I, I raised kids so i have someone to take out the trash and do the dishes i mean they meant, yeah exactly <laughs> I'm, I'm working that out but i raised my kids yeah, and yeah. shoot my son actually is doing it my 22 year old he's gonna become a doctor i raised them to become a doctor make good money uh, so i can retire when i'm 60 you're doing it yeah, be paying them student loans off brother you better watch out you, you, yeah he's on his own there bro <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> my philosophy is is that he pays his own school he's now he's committed because if he drops out, he's like, oh, man, I got all these loans for not, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, th- I think the, you know, we're kind of soapboxing it here and getting on this. and Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just got to let them sort it out eventually. And I think the older they get and the closer they get to where, you know, Joey is, your son, you have to kind of take, take the reins off. And, you know, just like I would talk with an athlete or a kiddo, like you – you have to dose a stress you have to dose stress appropriately and that would probably even mean parenting as well like it's really hard yeah. to watch your kid's skin is knee or it's really hard for your kid to get bullied and actually I'll bring up an interesting story about bullying like my Mason Mason was having a hard time as a second grader with a, a particular kid and this kid, he every time they play soccer, he was like, "This kid's pushing me down." He keeps calling me names. It got so bad where Mason was um, Mason's teacher called me in, and she found one of his notebooks. You know, if you can imagine a kid grabbing a pencil with his fist and instead of writing, just kind of like hacking at paper and writing bad words, and he was freaking out on this page. So she called us and we had this conference, and I'm like, I'm just like, okay. And then rather than go after the kid or do anything. I just dropped my kid early off at school and I got eyes on the other kid. And I, I instantly just thought, I was like, if that's our biggest problem, we're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the cool part about that is I didn't intervene, but I talked with Mason and I'm just like, listen, man, if you have a problem with someone, you got to tell him, 
So if you don't like what he's calling, you tell him to stop. And if he doesn't stop, you got to go away. And if he follows you, you can get aggressive and tell him to stop more. And if eventually if it gets to a point, you know, if it gets physical, you know, if you get suspended for defending yourself, I'll throw you a party. We'll work it out. It never, yeah. got, it never got that far. But the crazy part is right now, that kid who was bullying him, they're good friends. They're on the same hockey team. And they talk a lot and there's no problems. And in fact, you know, so like there's a place there, like let it unfold, let it play out. Yes. You want to keep them safe, but man, there's just, I just, the more, the more I play parent, the less I'm doing. And I like it that way, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and naturally we're humans and humans develop a pecking order. And that pecking order is, you know, poking each other in the eye and making fun of each other it, for men anyway that's what, that's what dudes and, do. And <laughs> that's what we do and then we're, we're testing each other we're seeing how tough we are we're building character we're you know we're we're just developing in that pecking order and, and everybody has a job in that pecking order the low guy on the totem pole for lack of better terms is not the low guy he's the, he could be the guy holding up the whole totem pole i mean that's just how it is. I remember in construction, man, I'd, I'd come into construction in my first week. Man, you talk about getting your ass handed to you. These guys are <laughs> making fun of you. You got to oh, do yeah. the worst jobs. It's like, hey, man, the gopher. it's your turn to go under the house and dig holes. I'm like, man, what? I got to do that on my side? There's rats. and all. But no, they. you got to figure out that pecking order, and, and you push through it because as you get older, you start to become the guy – on the top or whatever, if you want to call it that, but we're still a team. We're still a community and we still all need to work together. Well, you're earning your stripes, right? So. Exactly. And, and like this incidence, you know, you have friends that go back and forth, back and forth, and then they got to figure out who's the peck in order. And then they poke each other in the eye and they're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm here and you're there. Okay, perfect. And then you move on. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny, like I said, we're yeah. so, we're we're soapboxing this one. Um, we you know this idea, um, you know, but I, I think it's an important point. I mean, I think most of the guys, I don't know, and, and even to apply it to yourself or what you're doing with your own hunting goals, I think as we kind of tie a bow on this one and and kind of yeah. step down from the soapbox, it's as simple as you know, you know, have a dream, develop a goal towards it, and then you know put things around you that are going to remind you to be persistent in your effort towards pursuing that passion. I mean, to put a, to put a bow on it. I mean, that that's, that's ultimately what we all want to do and you need to surround you. The last part would be just surround yourself, you know, with, with folks around you who are going to facilitate that, you know, whether it's a hunting buddy or a, a teammate or, you know, make you know that's one other thing you can probably do as a parent that i see as the biggest determining factor especially as kids approach middle school you know kids don't want anything to do with parents and teachers as much as they want to please their peers so you also probably as a parent have to pay attention to who they're hanging out with so but that could be another damn yeah, conversation yeah. but uh <laughs> yeah don't get me there you're going there no I'm just yeah that's right but uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an interesting talk to have um and it's a good one to remind yourself of, you know, just so, you know, to keep yourself and your kiddos on the straight and narrow. Because I think at the end of the day, we all, that's this conversation we have with parents at the school. Like, 
you know, I'm sitting in the teacher chair because I want your kid to succeed. You know, there's nothing in me that has a conspiracy that your kid fails. Because if your kid fails, then, you know, the community fails. And if the community fails, we're we're screwed. So can't let yeah, it happen. Yeah, it's a downward spiral. Well, there it is. You know, not a lot of training, uh, a little bit of hunting. But uh, maybe this is all on the, um, the live side of things here. So, um, you know, happy life um, and getting after it in that regard. So. Well, if anything, I feel better. <laughs> That's right. we've, un- we've unloaded. I think, I, just, I think we just solved the world's problems, bro. Yeah, we unloaded a few things there. No, I think it's important, and it was—I don't know—that that video of of watching her do that. Um, I was proud. I was inspired. Um, I was fired up, and um, I felt entitled <laughs> to to stand on a soapbox for a moment, right? You know, no, I think. I mean, watching that, it's so awesome. And just listening to you because she didn't quit. That's that's the awesome thing. Yeah. She conquered the goal that she was in and task that she was after. And, um, and, and how scary is that to be three feet off the ground doing a cartwheel on a, on a, uh, uh, whatever it is, the high the, beam, the high beam, bro. the high beam. And it's only like what, four inches, five inches wide. Yeah. Yeah. And she's How only, scary is that man? Yeah. she's a little thing. And th- that was the other thing about the video. Like she's, she, I, no one told her to get back on that thing, you know? So, and that, that, again, that didn't happen by accident. And, you know, every now and then someone says something along the line. So she's lucky. She's good. Or this and that. And I'm like, no, she busts her ass. <laughs> already at seven and she's always had that um, from a young 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 age so um i'm super we proud of her our own success man i agree I, I don't care what anybody says you create your own success you do it get after it well here's to you guys listening to our show um create your own soapbox step on it and uh create your own damn success you can do it um and if you need some help let us know uh, you can shoot us a contact. You can shoot us an email. Um, DM us on the Instagram. Let us know what your friends think about this show. And um, man, if there's a if another if there's another soapbox you want us to stand on, just let us know about that. We'll do that too. But uh, yeah, we're not scared. <laughs> we're not scared. But uh, well, thanks guys. This is uh, I'm Joe Schumach. The other guy's Jeremy Day, and uh, we're doing our best with this backcountry and barbells thing to help you train hunt and live the best life possible jeremy you're the man dude have fun tinkering around old gig harbor and um here's to our next hunt can't wait to do it yes yeah, the same thanks brother and uh god bless america do it